0: Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. All right, well, a scripture that I've been landing on is Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is, now faith is, now faith is the substance it's a substance. It's a, It's tangible. It's. It's accessible. Ex, it's experiential. How many people know that the difference between what the world calls faith and what we know of faith uh, are two different animals? The world. The world. Whenever you know, the world talks to you. Whenever you see on the TV and the news media, especially the left-leaning news media, you'll find that when they talk about faith they say that you, you believe something to which there is absolutely not a shred of credible evidence. And, but you know what, you know, that's just what you believe. And, and so as though faith is, you know, well, you know, we have science and there's a war between faith and science as though, as though these two things are, are incongruent to one another. But you'll actually find that science continually backs up. The faith that I have in the word of God, because the entire universe exists, because God spoke it into being. That's why it's a uni one verse word. Because it was one being that spoke a word, and the universe exists. It's not a diverse or a triverse, it's a universe. Because God spoke it into being. Let there be and it was. Let there be a firmament and it was so. Let the dry land appear and it was so. He called the dry land earth and the and the waters, let, let, the, let the, the ground produce, let the earth bring forth. Everything in creation was created by God's word. So you will find that all science, and the word science means uh, knowing, that's where you have a con science, a conscience is to know that you know when you put your hand in the cookie jar, when Mummy says no cookies before dinner, you know that it's wrong nobody has to tell you because your con science, your to know, your knowing is telling you that it's wrong. And so all knowing leads back to God. So so there are two schools of faith. I was with somebody recently and they were trying to tell me, and this is a very, very prevalent uh, school of faith in, in America and a lot of the, the Bible Belt areas that, uh, you know, hey, you know what, I'm just living by faith, just, just living by faith. And really, if you examine the fruit, You're actually not living by faith, you're living by unbelief. Because you don't got anything. You can barely put gas in your car and you can barely pay the bills. And, you know, they kind of operate on the principle of faith without hints is dead, even though the Bible says faith without works is dead, but I don't want to work. And so I'll just, I'm being a little bit facetious this morning and I'm getting a very, very quiet, awkward look from you guys. But I'm just trying to dig down that... uh, James says, you know, one says, I have faith. Another one says, I have works. He says, I will show you my faith by my works. Show you my faith by my works. So I, I like James. So, so we came over here and on the same faith, in the same God, but we're able to buy buildings. We're able to provide for staff. We're able to take ground. We're able to look after things. It's, it's the same faith. So a lot of times when you hear people say, you know, we're just, we're just living by faith, it's, it's as though it's, Oh, man, you poor thing, because you've got faith in a capricious, indifferent, uncaring God. Well, actually, it looks more like unbelief, if I was honest with you, than it is faith. So now faith is. Faith is the greatest thing. If you said to me, Pastor, I'll give you a billion dollars or I'll give you faith, which one would you choose? billion dollars every time. Uh, faith. <laughs> faith over the billion dollars every time. Because the billion dollars, without faith, you'll lose it. Faith, there, there's no limit. There's no ceiling to what you can access through faith so the bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for now watch this the evidence the evidence of things unseen i'm not sure can we get the scripture up hebrews 11 1? in the new king james hebrews 11 1, now faith is there it is now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen or the things unseen so i wanted to kind of uh Dig down a little bit today and put something practical and something powerful in your hand. This is intrinsic to the DNA of who we are. And it'll, it'll help you if you're a brand new intern, if you've only been coming to our church for six months, this, this will fast track you in to who we are and what you've stepped into. This is, this is literally the DNA of, of who we are. Fa- now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, things unseen. Everything in the kingdom moves from the unseen realm to the seen realm. Everything moves from the invisible to the visible. Everything moves from the invisible to the visible. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. When the light came on, all of a sudden there was a third rock from the sun. Before that, it was unseen. But then God spoke, and now it was seen. Everything that God creates begins in the invisible, moves to the visible. I have an iPhone. Before the iPhone was visible in my hand or in anybody's hand, it was it, it, it was in the invisible place of Steve Job's mind. You were once invisible. You're a seed from your father, an egg from your mother, joined together in a secret place, in a hidden place, in an unseen place. But now you are seen. Everything in the world moves from the invisible to the visible. Every invention. The very, very first airplane was was crafted, fabricated, schematic, diagrammed in the mind of men in the unseen realm. And now we see it in the physical realm. I say all of that to say this, that God is a God of vision. God is a God of vision. In this church, we, 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 we don't shut down vision. On Vision Sunday, I'm not trying to create a culture where I want you to lay down your vision for the church's vision. And the only vision that's allowed to be here is the church vision because more than one vision is division and all of that. That's not how we operate. We don't do that. I want you to have vision because uh, years ago, I watched a movie called Mad Max, the original with Mel Gibson. And there's a, there's a line in there and the line goes like this, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. In the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. I don't wanna be a one-eyed king leading a whole bunch of blind people that have no vision. I wanna be, I want to be a, a leader of visionaries a leader of visionaries, of people who can dream and change the world. This is important because I need Brad to be able to see how to impact the schools. I, I-, I need, I need uh, Marissa and Sterling to be able to see how we can have thousands of students turning up every week to our locations from, from college. I, I, I need our team to see how we can reach children, how we can reach family. I need, to, I need our team to see how with just a few, five loaves and two fish, we can feed the multitudes and keep buying facilities and keep buying buildings. I need to, because everything, everything begins, everything begins in the invisible and moves towards the visible. If, if, that's, if that's, well, I didn't realize it was gonna be difficult. That's, well, that's welcome to the kingdom. But I need you to understand that just like there are there are earthly tools, there, there are power tools that you can go to Home Depot to get. The Bible is full of power tools, and these power tools work effectively. The Bible says the weapons of our of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of imaginations, and and bringing every thought into captivity. The, the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. These are effective tools. So you need to understand the. We want you to dream. We want you to see. We want you to visualize. So, what the Bible says about God is that God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. So, the Bible has it. You can read over it, but but you need to understand that that uh, uh, before our friend started Tesla and his name just went blank, Elon Musk. Before Elon Musk started Tesla, the the the, the electric car that doesn't have an engine. You, you pop the trunk, and there's okay, it's trunk space. Then you pop the where's the engine how's this drive and then you do your updates on on an ipad and it updates the phone it re- uh, updates the car re- like updating a phone it's like overnight while well, you plug it in it repairs and then all of a sudden you have got all these new features and any bugs and it was, wasn't accelerating properly is all fixed all remotely electronically before that existed in the natural it existed in a man's mind, but but God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. It's amazing how many people just step out on, in, in, on their journey, but have no end in mind. No, nobody, nobody, no artist sits down and says, "I'm just going to paint. Not sure what it's going to look like." They have an end picture in mind that they're painting. No, no, no creator doesn't have an end in mind. Do you have a picture? of what you're trying to accomplish this year in 2019. What is your ministry gonna look like? What is the youth ministry gonna look like? What is the children's ministry? What is the college ministry? What is the young adults ministry? What is Connect gonna look like? What is, what, 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 what is the administration? What, is the, what, what does it look like? Because if you don't have an end in mind, you can't use the tools because you don't know what you're building. So the Bible says, now faith is, and faith lives in the now. Faith, faith lives in the now, now faith is. The substance—it's tangible. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Most most of us understand hope. Man, I, I really hope Santa's real. Don't, man. I really hope if I put my tooth under the pillow that the tooth fairy will give me five dollars. You know, I really hope that she says yes. I really hope. And and hope—hope hope is not a bad thing. But the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So there's a lot of people who have stopped hoping because just the pain in their heart from hope being disappointed so many times, it's like, man, it's just just easier not to hope. But when we first came here and began to preach and teach what we preach and teach, somebody very, very kindly, and they were very genuine, very beautiful, just said, hey, pastor, I would just kind of tone it down a little bit. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, when you're talking about curing terminal illnesses and stuff, you don't want to get people's hopes up. And I said, I don't. He goes, no, 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 because you know, if they die, which happens more often than they get healed, um, you know. And I said, yeah, you know, why don't we just make an idol out of hope? The last thing we wanna do is get people's hopes up. You don't get healed by hope, you get healed by faith. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have a hope, you can't have faith because faith is the power tool that executes your hope. The devil is a hope thief. The church is a hope dealer. The Bible teaches us in Romans 15 that God is the God of hope. God is the hope dispenser. He will put hope in your heart. Now that doesn't mean that every hope comes to pass. There are some times where, man, it just seems hopeless. Man, the Bible says against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed God. Why did he believe God? Because hope wasn't enough to get him across the line. I want you to have hope I want you to hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today that's a def- definition of hope I want you to hope that God is going to use you might I want you to hope that this, this next year is not going to be anything like last year I want you to hope that she says yes I want you to hope that he's interested I want you to hope that this is your year I want you to hope that you can buy a beautiful home and prosper in San Diego I want you to hope that as you stepped out and took time to do the internship program that the hand of God is going to come upon you that the blessing of God that this is going to be your greatest growth year ever in your life. You you ought to hope, but you need to understand that that hope alone doesn't make it. That's why the Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I was saying to the the congregation on Sunday, if you wanted to buy a million dollar property, the beautiful thing is you don't need a million dollars. You say, well, hang on. If it's a million dollars, you got to come up with a million. Yeah, but you don't have to have a million dollars. You just have to have a deposit. And the bank doesn't say, have you got a million dollars? The bank just says, have you got a deposit? And if you say, yes, I've got the deposit, then they say, great, then you can have the million dollar home because you've got the, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the deposit of the things unseen. It is unseen, how, how, how are you gonna buy a million dollar? Well, I've got the deposit, I've got the, the now faith is, faith is, it's, it's in the now. So God, God wants us to operate in faith. Everything in the, in the kingdom of God is established through faith. Everything in the kingdom is established through faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't have faith in God, you're going to operate in, in another spirit. You're going to operate in fear. You're going to operate in ambition. You're going to operate in striving and you will not be a good leader. You will bully people, you will beat people, you will drive people. You look at all the nations around, Pharaoh had no faith in God. So the people were whipped and they were beaten to accomplish the task. The Bible says in the time of Solomon, the, the, the children of Israel, there was not one slave or indentured worker among the Israelites. But the nations that they conquered did all of those things, and it's it's a beautiful picture where Jesus even says to Simon Peter, <coughs> excuse me about the temple tax. He says, "Who do we receive tribute from? From the sons or the people we've conquered?" And they say, "From the people." And he says, "That's right." And then the sons are free, but lest we offend them, go. The sons are free. So in the kingdom of God, there's meant to be a freedom as you serve. The Bible says, "When the queen of Sheba came, and when she saw the house of the Lord." when she saw the entryway of Solomon's house to the house of the Lord, that, that, that he, he didn't just build a house of God and then he kind of, the other six days of the week lived like this, but, but he attached his house to the house of God. She, she never saw devotion like this to a God. She saw allegiance to a God, but she never saw devotion. She never saw, the Bible says when she saw the food at the table, when she saw the seating of the servants, because no other, no other nation, no other civilization, no other empire, no other kingdom had been ever built where servants have a seat at the table. Every other kingdom was built on the back of slaves. And she is like, my God, what, what, what is this? Because every other fuel has been, whoosh, the whip, forced labor, build these edifices. Build my, but not in this one. In this one, the devotion you have for your God permeates all the way down to the very very last every single person wants to worship this god every person has the same vision to build a house that brings him glory and so they willingly come and they serve they willingly bring this if you don't have to extract it you don't tax them but they bring free will offerings they bring their offerings to this she's never seen anything like this the bible says that she gives solomon that day 120 talents of gold I had a look at what 120 talents of gold is 330 million dollars. She, she's, she, she's, she's in Solomon's presence. She's so blown away, she's like, man, I gotta write a, I gotta write a check. I got I gotta I gotta support this. Because of her honor, Judaism ends up coming to Ethiopia, where you read about a thousand years later in the book of Acts, the Ethiopian eunuch who's who's in the chariot. And Philip running alongside. He's like, hey, what are you reading? Isaiah. Man, can you understand this? Oh, it's talking about Jesus. It is. And Philip witnesses to him for over the next 30 miles. I mean, why the guy didn't invite him? Anyway, and so, you know, he's running, just witnessing through the window. And then finally they stop. And he goes, here's water. Can I be baptized? And he gets baptized. But all of that began through the, the Queen of Sheba. And I say all of that to say this, that if you don't operate by faith... Faith, open love is who we are. Work backwards from the vision, a picture of the future. H- have a goal in mind. What, what is your goal? What is, what is your end game? You, you, you have to close your eyes and see forward. God is a God of vision. What, what vision is, is God takes a picture of your future and he comes and deposits it into your present. And then the picture in the future, when it comes into your present, is going to seem impossible. When we, Leanne and I came here and we saw one church, four locations, the baseball diamond, I said, God, you know, right now, I'm battling just to have one church in one location. But he said, one church in four locations. But watch this. I'm not just going to give you a picture to frustrate you. I'm going to put faith into your now. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Because faith is what's going to take you to, to that reality. So you ought to have a picture of your future. God is a God of vision. And the vision is a, a picture in your future like... Um, uh, we have pictures in our photo album, but they're pictures of the past. And we'll look, oh, my gosh, look at, oh, my gosh, you were so cute. Oh, my God. You know, and we, we have pictures of the past. God, because God lives outside of time, He has pictures of your future. And so what God does <clears throat> through the Holy Ghost, because the language of the Holy Spirit is visions and future. Have you ever noticed that? Joel 2.28 says, In the last days I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall... Prophesy, what is prophesying, is declaring a future thing today. What is prophesying is declaring a future thing today. It's declaring something in the future as though it's already happened. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men shall see visions, old men dream dreams. The language of the Holy Spirit is prophecy, visions, and dreams. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, is trying to align you with a God future. What kind of a future is? Well, hang on, how do I know that God doesn't want me to, you know, die of cancer? How do I know that God's not up there saying, well, this one will die of cancer. That one will be killed in a bus accident. This one here will, one of the engines will explode. That's not God. The Bible says I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord good thoughts not evil to give you a future and a hope to give you a now you know, we live in a jacked up world where bad things happen sometimes to good people, but you need to understand, as far as it concerns you and God, God is only thinking good thoughts, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to begin to dreamscape your future. Begin, that's what. That's why we are a church that I will not apologize for praying in tongues. Because I don't know any other way to get filled to the place where I get out of my head, I get out of my worries, I get out of all the weeds and all the things that are vying for my time, where or rise above that, be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you feel something, whatever's on there rises. When, when, when a harbor fills in at high time, all the boats rise. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you begin to rise above all the weeds and you begin to see again, and I begin to see the future, I begin to see visions, I begin to see dreams. And now, now God then gives me faith through the Word of God to go after that. So it's just so important that we do that. Can I also say this, that, that once you begin to see the future, once you begin to see that picture, whatever it is, a thousand youth, a thousand college, whatever that number is, whatever that thing is, you now have the, the, the task that God gives men of working backwards from the end, end in mind. So, if, so for us, if we wanted to have 16 locations, that means that I've got to be raising up leaders today. I've got to be raising up campus pastors. I've got to be raising up service pastors. I've got to be raising up worship leaders. I've got to be raising up servants. I've got to be raising up parking. We've got to raise up, we've got to develop leaders today. Otherwise, God can give us 16 locations, but we abdicated our responsibility of developing leaders. Therefore, I must develop leaders. If, if we want to be a church of that are, that are reaching, and, and right now in San Diego, you know, 3.3 million people, only 10% is churched in San Diego is what they say. And even of that 10%, you're lucky if all of those people are on fire for God. So over 90% of San Diego is still unchurched. So when I throw numbers out, it's not e- trying to be egotistical. The numbers is at some point, we've got to mess with those percentages. At some point, we're gonna interrupt the devil. At some point, we're gonna to stand toe to toe and say, hey devil, we ain't, we ain't gonna do this deal where you get 90% of the city God called us to going to hell and we only get 10% going to heaven. We're, we're actually here to flip that around. We're here to, ch- in fact, in fact if I was really honest with you devil, let me just tell you in my heart, you ain't taking 1% of people to hell. You're going there, by You're going to burn alone. You ain't taking nobody with you, not on our watch. But we, we, we want to turn things around. But to do that, to do that, we've got to raise leaders. We've got to raise people who can be fruitful and productive. Yeah. So you, you you've got to understand why why the internship programme, why, why the because I understand that, that God wants to give me a tomorrow, He's give me a picture of tomorrow. But that picture will always be the the, the, the carrot dangling in front of the, the, the donkey. That never gets there. It's always the same distance away because I'm not raising leaders today. I'm not raising finances today. I'm not being a wise steward today. I'm not being faithful in what I am today. So God can't give me my tomorrow. It'll always stay out there. And we've all seen the churches that they have the vision, they never seem to get there. So what they do is they either change the vision, they were, you know, they they change it to now they're the, you know, the global international ministries of outreach and evangelism in third world nations harvest world center <laughs> they got 40 people turning up from the local city but they they spend all their time doing missions and and that's and god bless them at least they see healings and miracles in third world nations but the reason they do that is because you rock up to those nations they ain't got nowhere to go they got no netflix streaming hulu they don't have that amazon prime there's nothing there's no so if you're doing something, well, here's a, here's a strange Western-looking fellow. Let's see what he's on about. So of course they're gonna come out, you're gonna get a crown. But they couldn't reach their city. We're here to reach our city. We're here to reach our city. It is imperative we reach our city. Every building that we have, filled to overflowing, filled to overflowing. But it ain't gonna be filled to overflowing just because, oh, I really hope Jürgen and Leanne know what they're doing, God bless them. No, no, it, it's gonna happen. Through God's spirit getting upon you. For you grabbing a vision, understanding I've got to work backwards. How many leaders are you developing? How many le- You work backwards from the vision. When, when we first started the church, <clears throat> I knew because I'm administratively challenged that the first hire was an administrator. Now, God bless. I ha- have a wonderful friend who always gives me advice. And because I'm German, there's a little seed of arrogance. So I love doing the opposite to what people tell me. <laughs> Liam will say, don't send that tweet. And when I used to be on Twitter before I was shadow banned, I'd go, that tweet? I can't believe it. And uh, I would, it's just naughty. I just. And I'd like to tell you I've repented of it. I think I, only partly because I was scared that he would take it away. And... Uh, Anyway, and so, so this friend of mine says, yeah, what you need, what you need, first thing you need to hire, first hire's got to be a, a worship pastor, and then your next hire is a youth pastor, and then your next hire is like a VP, like a, an executive pastor. I'm like, really? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm administratively challenged, so I don't need a worship pastor because they're just, they're even more administrative <laughs> challenged than I am. So the <laughs> so first person we put on was an administrator. Then as we, we go, go a little while, I realize God says to me, you're not allowed to hire from the outside. You're not allowed to hire from the outside. You're not allowed to get someone who just came from ORU or whatever. You have to raise up everybody from within. You're not to hire from the outside. You're gonna be a model ship, a model church to everybody else to show that I don't need all of these things that I, I am building my church. So you are gonna raise, and I'm like, oh shoot, if i have got to raise leaders, then I need to develop leaders. And so John Heinrichs, We moved him from events and he became the development pastor. So I remember being in a meeting and I said, yeah, yeah, we just hired, you know, Pastor John. They're like, oh, is he your VP? No, no, he's my development pastor. They're like, there's no such thing. I'm like, well, there is now we just, (laughs) we just did it. They're like, we've never heard of that. I'm like, exactly. But because I had a vision, because I had a vision and I knew to accomplish the vision, I needed this. That's what you staff. It's amazing how many people that's like, well, I have a vision, but the, the, the schematic that I'm given, the formula that I'm given, is that I've got to have, the, and then they're wondering why it's frustrating. I can't understand them. Or they're trying to get their, their worship pastor instead of worship to do administration. They're trying to get this person to do, and they're not work backwards from, from there. Last thought that I have is that to do all of that, you've got to build teams. You've got to reproduce yourself. Let, let me just say this: This is not um, oh, you know, it, you know what would be really lovely, what would be really nice, what would really bless Leanne and I is if you raise somebody up. You know, like re- no, no, actually, it's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission is reproduction. It's Jesus commanded you to be fruitful and multiply. You are meant to multiply yourself. Now, now, watch this. I was talking to a pastor recently. He's like, hey, man, you know, uh, we, 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 need, we need a worship leader. And I said, oh, yeah, good. And he's like, um, yeah, so do you know of anybody? I said, mate, I, I, don't, I don't really. Do you have anybody that you could send up? Like, oh, you know. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, we're looking at putting out an ad and hiring. I said, well, here's the dangerous thing if you do that. So you 're better off raising somebody up within well we did not have anybody ready. I said, I know they 're never ready Go, have, Ever noticed how you don't kind of trip over walking on the street and there's a, a beautiful, polished, gleaming piece of gold sitting there. gold 's got to be mined out of the ground it 's attached to all kind of <laughs> dirt and you've got, you got to mine the stuff. you know no diamond is just you 've got to pull it out of the ground anyway, and so <clears throat> So I said to him, now, if you were to find a worship leader, let's say you advertise and you get the worship leader and he comes with his guitar. <clears throat> I said, you need to, and he's skinny jeans and V-neck. <clears throat> and he's Hebrew, faith. <laughs> I said, if you, if, if you find that worship leader, I said, let me just explain how, what it's going to look like. And he's like, well, I said, well, when, when worship's good, it's because he's an awesome worship leader. He's an awesome worship leader. I said, and uh, when he wants to go on vacation, he actually, he actually doesn't want for you to go, oh, my gosh. And while you're on vacation, Susie let she was off. The- Brittany led, she is, because now he is threatened because, whoa, well, hang on, whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you mean I'm, re-? so he is going to endeavor to make sure that he's always the guy. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. oh, Lord. And nobody can sing kumbaya like him. Nobody can play like him. Nobody because because in the world, job security is dependent on you being the best. In the kingdom, in the kingdom, job security is dependent upon you raising up people to be better than you. <laughs> Summer Peterson, Summer Peterson is on our staff and pretty much has has a lifetime job. If you said to me, what's, what's she gonna be doing in five years? I'm like, man, I don't even know. But I know she's gonna be on our staff and I know she's gonna be fruitful because everything we've given her. Where, where, where's beautiful Megan Hale? Is, is Meegsy here this morning? Stand up, Meegzy. This is Meegsy Hale. They ran Cherish last week in Salt Lake. Let's welcome Salt Lake. We love you, Becca Vance. Kelsey Keddington III, the great team out there. But, but, but this girl doesn't just, she's not just a brilliant executor of task and detail to make an event. Afterwards, she's sitting with the team and she's giving them feedback, challenging them you could have been better here and next time over here. And I'm like, what a boss lady. What an amazing young lady. But she is the, she is the fruit of Summer Peterson. Summer Peterson was a boss events girl. She was at all of our events, went from red into black when Summer took it over. Summer is just ferocious with budgets and getting the best deals. She is brilliant. Summer could, for the rest of her life, be the C3 events person and be squashing everyone down. She didn't. She raised up people to be just as good, possibly even better. So we're like, okay, Summer, wow, we need you over here now. Now, before that, Summer was in our kids' church and raised up and so uh, beautiful Michaela comes in. Michaela does a boss job. She does so good there. We're like, okay, right. We're going to, we've got a hole in our youth. We're going to move you there. Well, that's okay. Cause I've raised up Shauna and Shauna is even better than me. And so now Shauna is running the kids church and it is flourishing because in the kingdom, in the kingdom, your value in the kingdom is who you raise up. In the New Testament, Moses is mentioned a hundred times, Joshua twice. Elijah is mentioned 27 times, in Elijah once. Elijah only well, one? You, you would say, well, hang on. Elisha did twice the miracles of Elijah. So, in a world economy, we'd all be going to Elijah's seminary, how to walk in a double anointing. We'd all be going to the Joshua Seminary, not Moses. Well, you know, you heard about Moses. Yeah, he got them to the Jordan River. But Joshua's the guy where they crossed over. He's the guy that took down cities. We're doing a city-taking seminar with Joshua. Here's Joshua, the successor of Moses. You know, And and the world puts all of their stock on, on Joshua. The world puts all of their stock on Elisha. Yet God, in his economy, doesn't mention them. He mentions Moses a hundred times, Joshua only twice. He mentions Elijah 27 times, and Elisha only only once. Why? Because both Elisha and Joshua were the planting of Moses, their fruit, their fruit that they produced with their life was accounted to Moses. What Joshua produced. God credited to Moses because Joshua was who Moses raised up. Joshua, the fruit that he bore, was who he appointed. And sadly, he didn't appoint anybody. Elisha, all of his twice the miracles, God attributed to Elijah because Elijah was the one who raised up Elisha. The Bible says when Elisha died, they buried him. And that that year, Moabite raiders were were raiding and one guy got killed. And so they threw him into a cave and he rolled down. and just happened to be the tomb of Elisha. And when he rolled down and landed on the bones of Elisha, the guy revived and was resurrected from the dead and came out. Because Elisha was never meant to take the anointing to the grave. He was meant to have raised somebody up. So God only mentions him once in the New Testament. Of all the people who did not need to build a team, it was Jesus. If all the people who didn't need to build a team as G, how many times could Jesus say, hey guys, 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 <laughs> put it down? This is big boy stuff.
1: <laughs> if anybody didn't need to build a team, and yet the Bible says that Jesus did not give himself
0: to all members, gave himself to the 12. The multitudes came for Jesus. Everyone came. Jesus would not give himself to the multitudes, but he gave himself to the 12. For three years, he poured himself into the 12.
1: Now, you may, you may say, well, you know, if I was there, I would have sat with him. Jesus, look at me. I know, I know. For 30 years, you were told you're the carpenter's son. Look look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. You're not. You're God. Like, when it says in Isaiah about Emmanuel, God with us, that's you, dude. You're the God. No one else can walk on water, dude. You. You raise the dead. You're, you're the man. You don't need these guys. Peter, he's probably going to go postal and hack off a guy's ear. Like. Do you want to clean up that mess? Like the PR with that.
0: One of Jesus' disciples in the garden, you know, he's the author of violence, you know, Antifa,
1: you know, whatever it
0: is.
1: (laughs) He's hacking off people's ears. Thomas, he's been with you for three years. He still doubts. Like waste of space. Don't even know why you called him. Judas is stealing from you, don't even realise it. And he's probably going to betray you, just putting it out there. (laughs) Bartholomew? Who the hell's even heard of him? Look at me, Jesus, you're wasting your time with these pelicans. Just go out there and do it all yourself. If anybody could have done it all himself, it was the most,
0: and yet, and yet, now obviously if you're smarter than Jesus, you keep doing it all yourself. But Jesus built a team. Jesus built a team. He sent them out, brought them back. How'd it go? Oh man, even the demons submit to us in your name. (laughs) Guys, guys, that's awesome, but rather rejoice. Your names are priorities. And you know, he had James and John. James and John are always fighting over who's going to sit at Jesus' right and left. Like they're just, it's, but listen, the reason it's much easier to do it yourself is because building a team is chaos. Building a team, listen. Now watch this. This is my landing point. I'm finishing here, right? (laughs) Jesus says, calls the 12 together. He goes, guys, this is what's about to go down. We're about to go into Jerusalem. When we get to Jerusalem, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed as the scriptures have been written. I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles. They'll beat me. They'll mock me. They'll crucify me. But on the third day, I'll I'll rise again. But it's going to be pretty dark. Yes, uh, John, can you sit on my right hand? James, you want to sit on the. You're fighting now over who. Did you hear anything about the. You, you, all you heard about is. So, so you need to understand your team are going to get so freaking nauseatingly. Oh, dear God. Lord, may I, may I kill them and you just look the other way. But there are going to be moments. There are gonna be more, listen to me, listen, 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 listen. God will do this, God will purposely put people who are frustrating and annoying in your path because, watch this, watch this, landing point, finishing point. He'll purposely put annoying, frustrating people in your path, you know why? Because His mercies are new every morning and God is giving you an opportunity to sow. So what? He's giving you an opportunity to sow mercy because you're gonna need it. You're going to need mercy, because guess what, there are moments where you and I are like that to God. And if you can't be merciful and if you can't be understanding and if you can't be, in fact, let me just tell you, the number one quality you can have in the kingdom of God is heightened people skills. If you said to me, "Hey, Pastor, what's the one thing that I can develop this year to be a more effective leader? People skills. We're not in the theology business, we're in the people business. For God so loved the world, people, He gave His only begotten Son. God's priority is people, our priority is is people. If our priority is people, then we've got to get good at raising people, developing people, loving people, sorting out people. Somebody say amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.